Welcome to Creative MKE, a conversation show from Imagine MKE, where we talk to creative leaders in Milwaukee and beyond to highlight all the incredible transformative power of their work in our region. We hope that after listening to the pod, you'll be able to imagine our city's arts and culture ecosystem and all the awesome artists, organizations, and creative assets within it in a new way. I'm your host, Elizabeth Gasparka. Hey there, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode features a Milwaukee artist and photojournalist named Giovanni Hernandez Caballero, who is, to be honest, kind of blowing up at the moment. I met Giovanni at an event this summer. He was interning with the journal Sentinel, shooting some photos of a community event in Metcalf Park that Imagine was supporting. Right away, he struck me as one of those people who is kind of ageless, or at least very much self-assured beyond his years. He told me that he grew up on Milwaukee's South Side, but that much of his photographic work was focused on following his roots back to Oaxaca, Mexico. He describes his photographic artistic work as reverse anthropology. Each year, he goes back to document the village where his parents immigrated from. He started journeying there as a teenager to connect with his family and the place, having never met his grandparents in person before. Over time, Giovanni has built relationships with the land, his extended family, and the village where his family comes from. His art practice has also expanded to include projects that benefit students in the school there, and he hopes to do more as he finds more opportunities to fund his work. Here's a clip of Giovanni's family, his grandparents, speaking in their native Mixteco language. While Giovanni is currently wrapping up his Bachelor of Fine Arts at UWM and preparing for his feature exhibition in early May, he was also recently a finalist for Milwaukee's Grilled Cheese Grant, an annual community fundraising event and emerging artist grant that provides financial support for undergraduate seniors at the Milwaukee Institute of Art and Design and the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, who are working towards completing their senior exhibition projects in the areas of fine arts and or design. He is also the featured artist of the inaugural episode of No Studios Creating Milwaukee. Creating Milwaukee is a mini-documentary series produced by No Studios. 
It focuses on Milwaukee creatives across various disciplines, highlighting their work and stories. And Giovanni will also be an artist in residence at Arts at Large this summer. So, as I said, lots of opportunities to engage with his work and to hear more from him and about his practice. If you appreciate this kind of arts and culture coverage in our community, I would really appreciate it if you would take a moment to subscribe to the show. You could also like or post about the episode on social media. And be sure to follow Imagine MKE and subscribe to our newsletter, The Amplifier, to learn more about our broader arts advocacy work within the community. Giovanni Hernandez Caballero is a community artist and photojournalist from the south side of Milwaukee. Hernandez Caballero is an art and design major with an emphasis in photography and imaging at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, currently completing his BFA. As the son of immigrants from Oaxaca, Mexico, Giovanni's work explores themes of his cultural heritage and identity. Through his art practice, he documents the rich and positive stories of life in his community on Milwaukee's south side and conducts a kind of reverse anthropology to explore and document his own roots and his family in their native land of Oaxaca, Mexico. Now, after the break, my conversation with Giovanni Hernandez Caballero. Primary <laughs> Welcome, Giovanni. Hi, thank you. Nice to have you here on Creative MKE. Yeah, it's it's a pretty cool opportunity to talk about my work and you know my my work here in Milwaukee. Awesome. Well, we'll jump in in just a sec, but as a starting point, I would love if you could tell us a story of an arts experience that left a strong imprint on you. I think for me, a lot of it was kind of in high school when I first like started taking like photo classes and I would, and at that point in, in my life, it was like, all right, you know, trying to get my credits, my art credits to graduate. So I didn't really think much of it because my trajectory in life was, was different back then. I, 
I wanted to pursue a different career to what I'm doing now. But taking that photo class and, you know, kind of doing assignments of like, all right, guys, like we want you all to go photograph like your neighborhood, that type of situation. Um, and I remember, you know, kind of where I was living at the time, like in the South Side, uh, I just went out and took some photos of, you know, the people in my neighborhood, in my community, the houses, uh, kind of like the overall aesthetic and style of like those like kind of like homes and, and how people build up communities. And at that time, I didn't even think much about it until my photo teacher was like, hey, like, these are really interesting uh, and really great. You know, they're, you know, you definitely took a different approach to other students. Um, and he was just really intrigued by the ability of how I was able to tell a story, like mm-hmm. my narrative based work. Um, and he was like, all right, like, let's let's try to submit these to a couple of competitions, you know, mm-hmm. as a student. Um, and we did. Uh, and I got pretty far in, in a good amount of those competitions. So I was like, you know what, like, maybe maybe there is something here that mm-hmm. I can do uh, or maybe this is something I should pursue. And as you know, as a high school student, you know, doing like the scholastics art and writing competition uh, mm-hmm. and seeing kind of like if it was one photo up in the Milwaukee Art Museum, I was like, man, like that is that is truly awesome. A, a great experience. And that's something that kind of helps solidify like, hey, like maybe maybe there's something here for me and I should pursue it. So even now, this past kind of year, being asked to come back as a judge for this classics art wow. writing competition, uh, that wouldn't I mean, you know, I, I went and told my art teacher, I was like, hey, like, guess, guess what I just did? Uh, and, you know, for things to just go full circle from that basis, for, from that first point of like being intrigued about art to now being in this position where people are coming to me to ask, you know, to do critiques or to do artist mm-hmm. talks and then, you know, to high school students. And I'm like, well, I'm not that much older than yeah. that. Uh, but, you know, it. it it does feel amazing uh, mm. being appreciated for your work. That's amazing. Yeah, that really underscores just how inspired you are as an artist, that you've had all this this validation come at you so quickly. For the listeners out there who may not be familiar with you and your work, tell them about yourself. How old are you? Uh, you know, you said you come from Milwaukee South Side. Tell them a little bit more about your trajectory. Yeah, uh, so I'm 22 years old. Uh, I was born and raised here in Milwaukee, grew up in the Southside kind of neighborhood community uh, near like Cesar Chavez Drive. And I have always just really been intrigued on how I could tell stories. So this was even before I started picking up a camera. Mm. I was always just so intrigued by the different art forms I would see around my neighborhood, uh, Mm -hmm. especially like murals. Murals themselves, I was just so fascinated by as a kid. Because a lot of times, like, my mom and I would walk, you know, to the store because, you know, we didn't have a car. And, you know, I remember as a kid, you know, kind of holding her hand and, and walking down the street and seeing these beautiful, intricate murals that told this story of, like, of our identity, of our mm-hmm. history, uh, of our culture. And for me, like, that's something that has always stuck with me. And I feel like that's also what has really influenced, you know, my photo work and my artwork where it's so narrative based on like how can I tell these interesting stories about our identities um and from there you know started doing a lot more artwork as you know as I got older um all the way up until my point 
in college, uh, you know, where I attend, I'm still attending uh, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, getting my bachelor's in fine arts and photography. And I'm also getting my minor in journalism, mm. uh, you know, mostly because, you know, the career I want to pursue is photojournalism mm-hmm. uh, and being able to now work for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel as a photojournalist and to be able to cover different stories, you know, specifically those in the South Side neighborhoods uh, has been really amazing. And I think, you know, that's definitely the trajectory I want to keep going forward in. It's continuing to expand my career within photojournalism, but also continue to do a lot of the community artwork stuff. Yeah, that's so fun. And thank you for setting that up for the listeners out there. The context in which I first crossed paths with Giovanni was actually at a Metcalf Park Community Bridges community event that was really wonderful this past summer. There was just a fantastic series of events. There was a DJ, art activations, there was art making with AWE, artists working in education and the Milwaukee Art Museum. Mm -hmm. And members of the community were just coming out on this sunny, beautiful day to enjoy some some art making and creative time and community in Butterfly Park, um, this space that had previously been a, a space of, you know, challenges and incidents of violence and um you know it was it was a space that Metcalf Park Community Bridges was infusing with intention and joy and so a few uh, of us were were there taking part in the event and Giovanni was there documenting all of the uh, the day's uh programming so and it struck me immediately Giovanni how how self-assured you are operating in both those spaces, both the spaces as a photojournalist and presenting yourself professionally in that capacity, but also as an artist and being willing to, you know, give me your card and and tell me your story and and tell me about where you're coming from, what interests you, uh, what motivates you in terms of storytelling and metaphor and um, I'm just I'm just so impressed. So I'm so excited to have you here on the show today and to share your your story with our listeners. So we know that you're a very young artist and you've had this like wild ascension uh, in the last couple of years. And thank you for sharing that detail about you. That's such a striking detail about you walking through the South Side with your mom, like taking in the scene and and um, just being a very visual person and kind of being informed by by taking in narrative all around you, um, I'm wondering, you know, like what other kinds of storytelling did you latch onto as a young man? Like were there other mediums of storytelling that really resonated for you? What kinds of art forms spoke to you in your in your formative years? I think uh, one major part was probably, you know, as a kid, uh, really looking at like the May Day marches you know, that's kind of like those based around, you know, helping out, you know, immigration or promoting, you know, immigration rights and that type of situations. And I remember that being such a huge, massive event here in Milwaukee. Mm. Uh, and I think that's something, something where I also started to do a lot of like photojournalism work. Uh, mm. Back when I was in high school, I would, you know, be with my camera and then I would document these events. But then I also started to get interested in the way that they would make these posters and banners uh, just because, you know, there is that narrative element of like, how do you create, you know, a symbol that 
encapsulates you know the purpose of why people are fighting Uh, which is is very complicated because you don't want to do something too intricate uh, that it gets lost and you don't want to do something so simple that people don't get what it's supposed to you know represent mm-hmm. so it's finding that balance and that's something I always found so intriguing uh, and then that's also kind of when I started to do a lot of like my own creative work um, and started to kind of like move away from photography for a bit and doing more design work mm. uh, particularly screen printing Um And kind of like one of the most iconic sort of art pieces that I've made isn't really a photo, but uh, of a but it's a design, a screen print mm-hmm. design. And it was this butterfly. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like a migration is beautiful butterfly. And it was a design of a monarch butterfly. But on the details of the wings, I did like all of like Latin American countries mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, kind of like this nice simplistic design. But, you know, it, later became this big symbol of hope for my community you know as I started to see this you know design kind of live outside of me uh in the sense that I started to see it pop up in different you know kind of protests or marches around Milwaukee around Mm -hmm. Wisconsin uh and to even like you know people messaging me like oh hey like You know, I saw someone wearing this shirt that had this symbol all the way in Madison. And, wow. you know, I didn't know it was your design. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I, I made that like a while ago. Um, and, you know, so seeing how that kind of started to grow and, you know, it's kind of like that idea of why I make art is for it to become the symbol of hope for my community. You know, mm-hmm. I always tell people that, you know, I make work about my community for my community. Uh, mm-hmm. since they heavily influenced me not only as an artist but as a person you know and I feel like now being in this position in my academic and professional career where I can give back or help out local organizations you know I'm going to do that you know I have this sense of responsibility because they're the ones who helped me reach this point in my career so mm-hmm. you know I, I truly do want to give back and, and help people out mm-hmm There's something that I want to try to get at that <laughs> might take me a minute here. Um, so photography is a form. I'm not a photographer, but there's something about photography that's so powerful because it arrests time and space, right? It it can transcend time and space. And when you play with the medium of photography, you can go even further with it, right? You can manipulate it. You can overlay images uh, from Oaxaca, Mexico, with Madison, Wisconsin. You can, you know, you can mm-hmm. play with time and space in a in a totally different way. So I want to just talk about how you've how you've approached playing with metaphor in photography itself as a medium, because you've talked a little bit about design. Tell us more about your relationship with photography and how that's evolved and where that where you find yourself today in that relationship for me the way i've always seen photography especially through kind of an academic lens was that photography kind of has this innate truth with it meaning that people see a photo and they automatically think of it as reality mm-hmm. as the truth as a historical remnant or you know kind of like this something that proves someone's point uh Mm -hmm. you know we see that especially you know when you're doing research papers or you know documentary work or anything like that where you're doing research about a 
you know, community or, or about an event that happened years ago, you look at photos as evidence. Um, and that aspect has really influenced the way I approach both photojournalism and my own fine art practice, my own creative practice, uh, in the sense that I know every time I go cover an event or a story here in Milwaukee as a photojournalist, I have this responsibility to make sure I am capturing the truth and reality that, you know, I'm documenting communities and neighborhoods in the way that they truly are, especially within the relationships between kind of traditional media and underrepresented communities where there's this sense of distrust because many times, you know, people only come to cover bad news, you know, kind of mm. like, you know, if it's shootings or tragedies, that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I understand that, you know, we can't deny that there's bad things happening in our neighborhoods, but we can't ignore the positive. Mm. Um, and that's something that I've, has always like really influenced the way I approach going to a, a neighborhood and photographing for a news story. But even within my creative practice, um, since I'm doing a lot of work, you know, of in Oaxaca, Mexico, where I'm documenting kind of like my family uh, and they're, you know, in indigenous communities in the valley, you know, in the mountains. Uh, So just thinking in that sense of how indigenous communities have been documented for, for decades now, where it has always been this photographer who comes in, who many times takes advantage of the situation in order to create these photos based on, you know, stereotypes in order for them to be pushed more to get published, you know, in National Geographic or or to mm-hmm. get a good payday type mm-hmm. situation. And that's something I think about a lot where it's like, when I go back home to visit my family, you know, I make sure that I'm documenting in a way that shows this power and beauty that exists that has, you know, that my mom and my parents would tell me about like you know these beautiful mountains that our ancestors would hunt with bows and arrows and I always try to document that aspect of that beauty um, in order to create these images that you know when people look at them they can't tell if it's if it was taken you know a week ago or Mm -hmm. years ago just because of like the situation of the small little village you know it doesn't have running water barely any electricity but the way I'm able to kind of like, you know, recreate these photos, the way I've always thought about it within my creative practice has always been like this idea of, of like reverse anthropology, mm-hmm. where, you know, I'm kind of creating these new stories or truly creating the real documentation of indigenous communities in Oaxaca. Um, and that that has really pushed kind of the way I've seen my my thesis project or mm. or any creative project I do. Mm. You touch on this this project, right? That's been a series in your own creative practice, and your and your thesis is built around yes. this project, which is a very vulnerable, very intimate project because it's based on your own family and your own exploration of of your family's roots, right? Mm. Tell our listeners a little bit more since we didn't quite tee it up for everyone so you are a second generation can you share your story yeah so for me you know born and raised here in Milwaukee but my family being from Oaxaca and kind of like my cultural background being you know from you know Oaxaca and still carrying on our indigenous traditions 
Um, but then growing up here, you know, I grew up around, you know, American culture mm. uh, and trying to navigate that, you know, kind of navigating this bicultural setting situation uh, where many times, just like many other kind of first gen or, you know, students or individuals, you feel like you don't belong in either one where you're not from here and you're not from there. You kind of exist in this kind of limbo state of identity where you've been influenced by these two settings so heavily that they start to merge. Um, and many times, depending on the community situation, you feel like you have to choose one or the other. Hmm. Um, so kind of my project that really kind of started a lot of this was going back to Oaxaca for the first time back in my, I want to say, sophomore year of high school. And this was my first time ever going home um, and seeing my grandparents for the first time and wow. just really paying attention to the way they they lived um, in the sense of, for me, I have always been truly grateful uh, for the sacrifices my parents have made. Um, even though kind of our living situation was difficult when I was a kid, you know, kind of, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of money, uh, but my parents still helped, you know, kind of provide and make sure, you know, we, we kept moving forward. Um, but even as a kid, I would never be angry or, you know, kind of sad about those situations because I knew even though how bad my life here in Milwaukee may seem, it's still better to have grow up here in this situation than to grow up in Oaxaca, you know, with less access to resources. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, that's also something that has always heavily influenced me in, in the sense of, you know, kind of seeking more opportunities uh, mm -hmm. and working hard. And while I was in Oaxaca, kind of documenting this journey of me going back home for the first time, you know, I would document, you know, my uncles, my my family there, the the school, the village itself. Um, and coming back to kind of present that work not only to my classmates, uh, but to also help me understand my own identity. Right. Um, and I mean that project has always been evolving since that time period mm -hmm. where I only get to go back home one or two weeks a year. So, you know, those two weeks for me go by quickly. Um, and it's always this fear of when I do leave Oaxaca, that when I come back for next year, that, you know, my family won't be there in the mm -hmm. sense that, you know, my grandparents are getting older. Um, the landscape is always changing and, you know, that types of situation. So thinking about that has always kind of pushed me to keep documenting those journeys and those trips and a lot of these experiences was more focused on like helping kind of me try to understand my identity and trying to experiment in ways to tell a very complex narrative story mm. that, you know, has now merged into my work in photojournalism, where mm. I'm kind of doing the same thing where, you know, I'm trying to understand people's different kind of cultural identities or upbringings and telling these complex histories and stories with a single image. And I feel like that's that's what has influenced a lot and where I start to see this merge of both my fine art practice and my professional practice. So interesting. Yeah, it's it strikes me that your 
you began your project as like a way of excavating the near past. And in that process, I mean, I hear you refer to Oaxaca as as your home. So you've you've kind of tripped on something and and discovered maybe a a well, a wellspring of of uh connection to a place that's that's alive and that's really like a resource for you. I guess my question is, do you think you'll continue to go back every year for the rest of your life? I think eventually I want to kind of grow and maybe establish more roots there. Mm. I know within the last couple of years, I've been doing more projects with the local primary school there. Mm. One of the first being last year, I did like a backpack project for the kids where, you know, I raised money with the help of my siblings and families. You know, I sold a couple of pieces of my artwork. Um, and with that money, we got, you know, each child a backpack, school supplies, uh, and through them kind of like a small little festivity for the other Los Niños, Day of the Kids. Um, and I mean, they truly loved it. Uh, and then all the way up to this year, when I was back in Oaxaca in January, we did like a whole like Dia de los Reyes celebration, Day of the Kings celebration, where we got rosca, which are king's cake. Uh, we got them, you know, atole or, or chocolate, uh, coffee, that type mm-hmm. stuff. We got them candy bags, piñatas. Um, and while I was there, not only did we have that celebration, but I was also, you know, spent a, a week teaching uh, doing, you know, small little artist workshops or, or doing small little art things with the, the kids around there. Um, and I know that's something that I want to continue to grow and continue to do, maybe continue to grow bigger and bigger uh, where, you know, maybe it's not just me there for a week, but maybe it's me there for a month or a whole semester or maybe grow it to eventually being something where like, okay, you know, I have friends and colleagues who are very skilled within a, a particular art form. Like mm-hmm. let's all go together and do like a big like artist workshop where each one of us will teach different things. If it's photography, printmaking, maybe wood carving, sculpture, uh, that types of situations to just really, really give back or, or to truly, you know, continue to, to show the beauty of art and how we can be influenced by different cultures. Amazing. I think I love just how holistically your practice manifests. And I think that is something that a lot of young artists maybe overlook. Like young artists are so focused on how do I develop myself and how do I, you know, find all the opportunities that I can find for myself and how do I position myself to, um, you know, take the next step. But, you know, it's a, it's a great lesson to hear you reflect on how you're focused on giving back, because I think that there's, there's opportunities to give back at any step of the journey at any, at any juncture. So I would love to hear from your perspective, you know, because you've made a practice of it, what, what does that do for you as an artist? um, And as a professional, the opportunity to, to give back to to young creatives i think for me kind of both being in a setting of academia for getting my bachelor's in fine arts we are kind of taught this this idea or like this this like the metrics of success for an artist um and we kind of hear them all the time where it's like 
you know, you're only a successful artist if you present in this high-end art museum or, or you know, well-known art museum. Um, you're only a good artist if you can sell your work for X amount. Um, and of course, you know, I, I, that's things that I, I eventually want to do within my practice. You know, I, I do want to showcase my work in an art museum one, one day or be able to sell work at a higher price. But for me, something that I've always seen as like my metric of success is how many people can I influence with the artwork I do? And that has always, and I think that's also why the, re the reason of why I've always leaned towards doing community art projects, because for me, being able to create an art piece that people gravitate towards emotionally because it, it influences them or it becomes a symbol for them, you know, it's my way of saying, okay, like I know I'm doing the right thing. Um, I know this is, you know, a, a good, you know, good art project, Um or even this idea of like, you know, when I'm doing very emotional art pieces about my own identity, you know, I always kind of present them in a way that, yes, it's telling my story, but it's also, you know, kind of open enough where anyone can go up to it and see themselves, see their own story within the artwork I'm creating. And I always, I always kind of, you know, joke around with like my peers within you know academia saying like yeah i feel like if you could make someone cry uh, you know when they see your artwork i feel like you've done a, an amazing piece if those <laughs> cries are of sorrow or joy mm. uh, but it's just that idea of like how can i bring out emotions within the viewer especially for those who you know maybe don't go to art galleries or mm -hmm. you know to these settings where they can see a piece and just feel entranced by it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah contribute to a world where people are a little more tender-hearted <laughs> i like it giovanni i would love to ask you what are some of milwaukee's what are some aspects of milwaukee's arts and culture that give you life that give you inspiration yeah thing for me like i said murals murals themselves have always been such an crucial part within my art practice and the way they has and they and the way they have influenced me I think you know kind of a big one has always been kind of like the local community organizations around Milwaukee who helped who help a lot of like young students uh by doing artist workshops uh but even with that I mean I think about when I was growing up here in Milwaukee and I started to really be intrigued and in pursuing an art practice and the amount of kind of support that you have here in Milwaukee where it's not just you know people are only trying to make sure they succeed but they're trying to make sure everyone else succeeds with them um, especially young artists uh, you know you see older established artists kind of going out and reaching out to them or being like hey like you know come check out my art studio maybe let's just have a little chat about your work or seeing how you how we can help you kind of develop and evolve I think one of the big ones for me has always been kind of like the community organizations who, you know, especially being a young artist who at the time didn't have, you know, a, a big name here in the city compared mm -hmm. to how big my name is now, where they would be like, you know, we love the work you do. You may not have a lot of experience, but let's give you a chance. Let's give you a shot. Mm -hmm. And for them to kind of take that risk 
you know, on me to be like, all right, here's some funding and we want you to do this project, especially being so young, you know, it, it gets a little daunting. Um, but for them, I mean, it was like, okay, like we, we believe in you. And I think that's, that's just the beauty of the Milwaukee art scene is that a lot of community organizations or if it's like artist collectives of like groups of individuals who grew up within the same kind of setting or, or work within the same medium or concepts get together and like, okay, like let's all help each other out so we can all grow so we can all do, you know, more shows or, you know, that types of situations. It's totally safe to name names. Are there any specific individuals or organizations who have who you would like to call out? I think for me, the, the biggest one has been Walker's Point Center for the Arts, mm-hmm. just because uh, I think for them, they have given me like the biggest opportunities where I got to do like a mural outside of their building. That is still up today. I did it two years ago now mm. um, and it's still up. And it was it was like a very simple mural where it was photography but I was like you know what like I I don't like my photography being within a confined setting like what if we use the building like what if we do something different what if we use kind of the landscape of Milwaukee as the canvas so they're like all right like let's do it and you know I wheat pasted it on some you know kind of boards and it's still on the side of their building and even though it was made with like cheap paper and wheat paste it's still up after nice. two years, after, you know, horrible Wisconsin snow and weather. <laughs> uh, surprisingly, it's still up. But I think for me, that that part of like, you know, being able to walk down the street or someone being able to walk down the street and see someone that looks like them being represented in a positive and kind of powerful manner is, is truly impactful. And I mean, that's that's something I always think about a lot too is like you know how can my work continue to do that where I'm pushing the boundaries of photography and community art amazing well Giovanni we just have time for one more question this has been so much fun chatting with you you got a lot going on got a lot on your dance card these days it's exciting so lots of opportunity for our audience to uh, engage with your work see you out and about on the scene how can our audience find you and your work and support you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for an artist website, you know, it's GiovanniHernandezArt.com. And then Instagram is Giovanni.11. Uh, and then even with that, you know, I know I, I have a lot of like exhibitions coming up. Uh, one being April 1st at the Vanguard Sculpture Services for the Grilled Cheese Grant. I have a... So I'm going to show work at No Studios uh, for the release of a documentary, their Creating Milwaukee series. And that is, I believe, April 11th. But, you know, work is going to be up all throughout the month of April. And kind of for me, my own biggest one is being in May. May 6th, I believe, is the opening reception for my BFA thesis project uh, at UWM uh, in their Kenilworth building. Uh, and to even after that, being an uh, artist in residence at Arts at Large, where I will also be, you know, presenting work. Um, yeah, even in the summer, you know, a lot of opportunities for me to showcase work all over the city. Uh, so that's that's a lot of things that are coming up soon. Very exciting. And people can look for your work in the Journal Sentinel. Yeah. 
Yes, yes, of course. You know, I'm always there covering news or even if people just want to reach out to me uh, and say like, hey, we have this cool community event happening in the summer. You know, they can easily reach out to me on social media. And, you know, I'm I'm always happy and pushing towards covering positive news around about our South Side and North Side neighborhoods and communities. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and your wonderful energy, Giovanni. It was a pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review, or contact us. Creative MKE is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Elizabeth Gasparka. The show's theme music was written and produced by Bobby Drake. To catch all the latest from Imagine MKE, hit us up at Twitter and Instagram at Imagine underscore MKE or Facebook. Imagine MKE.